Stone. And welcome to this latest episode of Capitalistic Hellscape. You thought we were going to be happy? You thought we were going to be fun? Nope. It's all over. It's a wrap. What I suggest y'all do, get your little passports, you know what I'm saying? Find that little cheap trip to Panama. Find that little cheap trip to Bali. Go down there. Murder Russell Simmons while you're there. Get the fuck out. It's time for us all to leave. Me and Stone will be, you know, hopping into our yachts. Maybe going out to a little Aussie action, you know what I'm saying? Maybe learn to appreciate kangaroos and some cricket. And uh, that's it. Fuck this country. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Good night. <laughs> Yo, pretty much, dude. Pretty much. Like, sometimes you can't even laugh about this shit anymore, man. Like, this, this is, it's, it's about to get, like, you know, Handmaid's Tale, like, real quick. But but um, I did have I do have one one weird uh, so here's my thing right all right I'm first of all I'm not leaving this bitch y'all gonna have to drag me out of it but I do have an idea when I get to be like nursing home old and I'm in that little electric wheelchair and life sucks like will me out like Breaking Bad with that fucking bell with like TNT and drop me off I <laughs> like Giuliani's house or somebody you know what I'm saying let me let me go out for bang <laughs> taking out my enemy with me or some shit. <laughs> Dude, meanwhile, I'll be on some Black Mirror shit. I'll be in, like, permanent virtual reality, like San Leandro. <laughs> the, the, like, the metaverse? You know, yeah, I'll Brought be living my 20s. <laughs> reliving my 20s with all the wisdom of my oh, hundreds. <laughs> Bruh, you ready for this terrible idea? Eventually, the same way how you have, like, 80s kitsch, we're going to have, like, arts kitsch. So it's going to be like Urban Outfitters, tight jeans, dance punk, fucking, it's going to be terrible. Like It's going to be the worst GTA game ever, basically, (laughs) in the metaverse. I'm ready, dude. I am ready. Oh, man. Well, it's been a minute, but we back. We're back. And then uh, the reason why we came back, here's a segue, is because in all this misery, all this pain, all this suffering, everything we're going through, there's one thing that's been scientifically proven to bring up those endorphins, make you feel better, make you feel more alive, a communal way for humans to get together and talk, share ideas, you know what I'm saying? And spend way too much money on alcohol, that is dancing in clubs. And mm. that's what's been happening, man. The the Beyonce's, the Drake's, you know, I say underground producers, your Dua Lipas, they were like, these motherfuckers will need this. We will we will go deep. We will go back to the '90s when when life was great. <laughs> I can't even joke about that one. But, I mean, uh, it was, was kind of true. It's kind of true. Well, I mean, you know, prison industrial complex aside, the music was bomb. Music was bomb, yeah. though. That's clear. Yeah. Grunge, metal, hip hop. You know that the best. Yeah. But uh. We came together because you're just like we can't not have the streets, not have our takes on the new Drake record. Because <laughs> nobody's given any takes at all. We were like, we, ha- we have to, the streets are dry from Drake takes. <laughs> and here we are again talking about Drake. I, I feel like. <laughs> it always comes back to the light skin man, doesn't it? You know, um, I, 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 I am shocked at how, how much Drake we've talked about on this podcast. <laughs> It, it could be the Drake cast, you know, uh, Reg and Stone from the six, <laughs> you know, like sponsored by Air Canada. Uh, let's go. Um, I'll, I'll be drinking Molson ice in the corner. <laughs> we're, we're trying to, we have really badly planned out hockey references thrown in periodically. 
Yo, uh, Canadian football. Who, when we talk about the, the Calgary Stampeders, let's go. <laughs> I actually, I, it always trips me up because they play that in the summer. And I was just sitting at the hotel last week. And I'm like flipping the channels. And I'm like, why is there football on? And it says it's live. What is this? Oh, shit, it's Canadian football. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, your boy, your boy Drake dropped um, his latest foray into the your your streaming <laughs> space uh, with honestly, never mind. This comes after after you know 2021, which is crazy. That was last year. Um, <laughs> certified Lover Boy. Yeah, um, wow. You know, and you know he's you know Drake has been. I, here's what I want to say. Um, this album is probably better than people like give it credit for. I think the problem is Drake for sure. I think the like the production on this album is solid. I think you know having Black Coffee as kind of the executive producer it was a a great move and paying uh, homage to you know maybe it's like somebody a producer that is very underground but like a lot of people just you know to be honest like don't know about so. I, I think, like, in terms of the execution of the album, I thought it was pretty much a masterwork. The problem is Drake. And, you know, I will say that this is a, a really sad, like, you know, time just because this could have been the Azalea Banks comeback album. Like, if you had Azalea Banks on this album with that production, yes, it would be the, the Azalea Banks comeback album. Yes. <laughs> and we, and we did not have that. Yes. <laughs> we just have a whiny ass Drake. <laughs> yes. Um I I think the issue is the fact of where All right. So, you have somebody who's a pop artist. So what is pop artists known for? Hooks, bridges, melodies. I think the issue like you said is Drake is the idea of where if you have a Drake record, you want to hear some hooks. Hotline Bling, there's a fucking hook there. I think the issue here is the fact of where he dropped and I don't want to downplay a lot of other club music, but like your point is a lot of, you know, you're not going to get a crazy ass Nirvana teen spirit as hook in a lot of club music. It sometimes a lot of it is by definition vibe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it is, there's no, you know, I, I love my Oslan days. I love my moody mans. I love a lot of that stuff, but there's never, you know, you're not going to get a hook where you can kind of group, grab an acoustic guitar or piano and play it, and then that's a pop hit. I think that people judge it for Drake because they expect this crazy pop hit, and there's Drake kind of vamping on top of it. And here's the thing. Is that ideal? No, because going back to Aziza Banks' reference, you've got somebody where she knows how to basically bend tracks to her will. Well, she'll come out there, you know, have a bridge, have a chorus, Double time rap it, basically almost serving as a guest rapper, go back into it. There's a lot of artistry there. I think that it's a little unfair. And I and uh, I'm defending Trey aren't I? <laughs> go for it. Go for uh, it. My life, my life's guys, my life, my life is this is this is this is this is this is I've had some things, but this is probably one of the lowest ones. So I, I need get to get the OVO check. Get the OVO payola. I need to sit back. And this reflects about how I got here. Maybe, maybe karma, past, past life things, who knows. 
But I think we're expecting a lot from the kind of album he's making. You could tell that if Drake wanted to write a hooky ass club, upbeat, Dua Lipa ass album, he could do that. Why? He could always call up for your, your Max Martins. He could always call up fucking your Calvin Harris's, for Funk Waves fucking leftovers, and fucking do it. Obviously, that's not where he was going for. Now, you can make the argument that for somebody who's also a hook god, it would have been a great, great thing for him to kind of gone in there and approach it from a more traditionalist, let's say, 90s pop, techno, pop house crossover type shit. Do more Azealia Banks. Do more Calvin Harris funk waves. I definitely see that argument. But that's not the vibe here. It's definitely a down tempo. Because even you got certain things in here. You got Jersey Club. You've got some big Frida references. You've got these songs that kind of could be upbeat, but it's purposely more down tempo. This is brunch music. This is driving around for girl music. This is summer fucking Bluetooth speaker music. And that's what he's going for. And while I get initially people were hating hard on it, I think people kind of misunderstood what the purpose of the project is. And yeah, I get it. Drake has been phoning it in for, for albums now. And I get how this also sounds like it. And it might also be Drake phoning it in. Because like I said, if he wanted to get a hooky album, he could definitely hire those ghostwriters to get him to that level. But I don't think that was his intention here at all. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, I definitely feel like, you know, I'm probably just around all of these <laughs> old hip hop dudes who hate Drake anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think it's a, it's a great album. It's, it's, it's a great summer album. Um, and it, yeah, it's not meant, I don't even think it's truly meant for the clubs per se. I think it is meant for like, you know, like my, my homeboy was just like, um, it's like, you know, basically Alan Fire Allen. Like this was like the soundtrack of the past weekend. You know, that's, that's like, you know, big, you know, like it's a soundtrack of pride, which and, and he's kind of like, you know, as, as somebody who identifies as, as gay, he's kind of like, how did this even happen? How is this like the Drake album, the soundtrack of pride? <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, because it has that foundation of, of like, you know, house music and it has a foundation in that that. You know, and almost, you know, like the ballroom culture as well. Like there's just a lot of those elements in there um, that are associated, even if Drake doesn't know, with queer culture, right? So, um, I, you know, I, I do think that it's, it's in terms of like Drake understanding the market and kind of where things are and where things going. I think like Drake, like is, is still a master at that. Um, I, I think, you know, he sees like, you know, house music kind of bubbling up um, I went to a house music party in LA last um, last weekend. Shout out to Utopia. That party was dope. It's all just like house music, no dress code, all ages. You know, you had like old heads in there. You know, but you also had like you know, you know kids. You had like your Instagram, TikTok influencers. You had like you know people bringing their families. Same with like you know um, what's the like St. James Joy. It's like. There's this kind of like interesting resurgence of house music that's happening uh, on the coast, and I think Drake is seeing that. He's like playing into that. He's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, what is my angle? And he's always gonna come from a Drake angle. <laughs> yeah, because that's all he knows. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad at the album. I, I think. I think the album is, is, is like, like I said, like I, I think Drake should get more, get more credit for his album um, that's given to him. Um, just because I, I think he is kind of looking at the, the temperature and the vibe of where, where things are going and saying, like, you know what? I'm going to do an album for this. Like, this is kind of what he does. He kind of, like, says, say like, Afrobeat's going to be hot. 
you know, or UK grime, it's going to be hot or, you know, like whatever. And like jumps on, on that trend. Like that's kind of who he is. Um, I do think that, you know, the, the, the comparison to this album would be like more life. And I think more life was definitely a stronger album. I think there is something that's missing, I think, and in, in maybe Drake's writing, um, or maybe like just like and I'm not even looking for like hooks per se, but I do think like um, from a lyrical standpoint, like I think there's there's definitely something missing there that I think like you know I expect Drake to kind of have those hooks and have those like kind of like maybe over the top lines. Um, Your pussy is calling my name is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, Oof, what a terrible line. You know, um, so I think that that's the miss of this album. But like outside of that, I, I think it's 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 a pretty solid work, and, and it's going to be. I feel like you know we'll talk about Beyonce, but like so far, it's like becoming the sound of the summer in a, in a weird way. You're going to hear the song like played a lot, <laughs> and it's going to sneak up on you, and like all that hate's going to dissipate because it's going going to start nodding your head, you know. <laughs> It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, and like I said, I get it. We we wanted bangers, and and the thing is, Drake is somebody going back to more life. If like Drake is somebody where, because of his career, because the way he's kind of angled it, you could definitely have a like a, a good forty five minute Drake set at a club, and it'll bang. Upbeat, people dancing, people getting going crazy, people hopping on couches. He's kind of made that kind of lane for himself. So that's why I think for him to kind of take this angle, it's also cool. And I and I and here's the kicker though, right? Ultimately, like Drake had to reinvent himself, right? Drake has been Drake for a very long time, doing very Drakey things. And at the point of where you, we've got like Drake disciples that are just like like third generation, you know what I'm saying? Like a Jack Harlow is basically Drake just slightly remixed for a wider audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's hopping on those songs. And not to say that Drake is still the Drakeiest trick out there. So not to say that, you know, that lane he kind of edged out, he can't still win at that lane. But at a certain point, you got to figure that, you know, you, you just end up sounding like the old dude at a certain point. You know what I'm saying? Like how many, how many chili waitresses have dumped you over the years? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like how long can we keep this facade of you being this weird underdog and yada, yada, yada. He's got a kid. You know what I'm saying? He's got other business ventures. He's got things happening. So I think it's a great turn. And like I said, it's, it may not be... Again, I definitely see the critiques. I think the critiques are a little rough. I think at the end of the day, the worst you could say that is that it's a mid-album from Drake, but it's still a mid-interesting album from Drake, which I'll gladly take over a Loverboy, which was just a mid-boring album Drake. Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. And, and, and I think this album gets better every every time i play it like i'm on the, like my, my fourth spin and i'm just like this album like even like the second half of the album i think where it gets a little bit i would say not i mean it's still house influence but like it's a little bit more i guess maybe experimental or, or i don't know what the what i could just describe it but i'm just like it's a cohesive work you know which, which i think is was missing from certified lover boy from a production standpoint i felt like that was all like, everywhere Whereas this one like had a cohesive vision, well, except except for like the the Twenty One Savage song at the end. However, you know that was actually a pretty dope Twenty One Savage Drake collab. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I think like he is um, like I, I I know it's popular to diss Drake. I do I do feel like you know if Drake really wanted to be hungry again, um, he could come out and be fierce. 
Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, some of the, the tracks too, that I think like, um, people, you know, even like something like a passion fruit, I don't think anybody expected it to be like a pop song, right? That's like a low tempo <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> you know, house music, like whatever. I don't even know what that is, you know? Um, so I, I do think he has his ear for production that I think nobody else has. And there's not a lot of people in the industry that can kind of pull off like, you know, pivoting like he does. Um, so, you know, I, I will continue to give the spins. I think it's going to surprise people um, the more they listen to it, um, for sure. Um, I, I just really hope Drake just grows up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's, and going back to the idea, it's been bubbling for a minute. Like you, like you said, it's the idea of where even beyond like something like Black Coffee, I remember when, you know, we were, we became outside for the first time last summer, he was selling out really big venues in New York. You could make the argument that somebody like Channel Trey, where, you know, a couple of years ago was making bubbling up, was getting reviewed in Pitchfork. We could talk about obviously Azalea Banks, who basically came out there, was holding the hip hop house shit down, you know, whenever she was not fucking being an absolutely terrible person on social media yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a full time job. So, I mean, it, the, the hunger is there. People want to kind of dance and I can't get mad at it. At the end of the day, it's like it's like even if you may think it's a swing and a miss, I'll fucking take this over a lot of other shit and I'll take this over lover boy, you know, at the end of the day. And I do think that is a synergy there, which I think will lead into our next part of this conversation. Miss Jay-Z Knowles. Carter. <laughs> Jay Z is like is is Miss Mister Beyonce. I, I think yeah, I, I said that. Like, I, 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 that was a joke. Is that exactly? Do we do we care about Jay Z now? Um, we we do not care about Jay Z. Want to hear something uh, terrible? Want to hear something nightmarish? What? Imagine there's a Jay Z house song on this record coming up with Beyonce. Ooh. Ooh. Oof. I just Ooh. threw up in my mouth. I I feel Ooh. the bile. It tastes like it's, Cheetos. It's, the BPMs are too high. The Oof. BPMs are way too high. Oof. And that like, weird awkward flow he's been doing nowadays, which yeah, kind of works like, on certain trips. Like, you know, save you some money and, like, get Gold Link, Oof. basically. <laughs> like, Oof. save you some money and Oof. get somebody who can rap over these flows. Oof. Like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought this was interesting. So Beyonce just dropped a, a new single. Um, and I think we can, uh, we can talk about the single, but we can also talk about the fact that um, this is actually a, an album campaign. <laughs> yeah. It's not a surprise. Like, you know, we're going to drop this at 2 a.m. Um, but yeah, like uh, she dropped a, a new single called Break My Soul. Um, it is also a house track. Um, I'm probably going to get shot, but I, I don't oh, know. Don't do I it. Lo- don't do it. <laughs> I, I I already got the Drake fans mad at me, and that's fine. They're all light skinned, but don't like, don't I, do the don't do the I, Beyonce. No, don't, don't I I ain't got I, I can't afford guards. Be, you know, if Beyonce had like Drake's production, oh <laughs> no, I, I I thought the track was okay, it was good, but you know, it starts off like with very like housey moments, but then it's kind of like it in the middle, it becomes more of a Beyonce pop song. And I think let's just kind of like, we don't want to go too far off the brand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's kind of like where Drake kind of excels sometimes because Drake is okay to go quote unquote off brand. Right. Whereas I think Beyonce was kind of like, may, you know, I want to kind of do this, but like, I got to make it like, you know, I got to have that like Beyonce like hook and that Beyonce bridge, you know? And that's kind of what I felt about this, this, this track that was, 
kind of a combination of two separate songs in a lot of ways. But I'm going to stop there. Yeah, no. Um, for me, so here's the kicker, right? It's pure 90s, mid-early 90s, hop house music, hip house crossover shit, like fucking, like your snap. Like, like it, it aims at a very specific era of house music. So I'm not mad at that. I love the fact that Big Freedom Flip is fantastic. Oh, yeah, true, like true. Like, whoever, I don't know if it's, because I don't, I have a secret suspicion. It almost sounds like it was, like, Frankenstein together, like they had the beat, and then it, and it went to somebody else, like, another producer's hands, and he just kind of flipped that a little bit. But whoever, if it was the same producer, I don't know who produced the track, like, kudos to you. That fantastic. Like, that saves it, that definitely gives the track life. It saves it for being, like, a bland, like, generic, like, you know, this is now 90s music, volume five type vibe to it. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's, I think it's, a, and I know that there has been, I guess, apparently some terrible <laughs> Azalea Banks kind of fucking mashups just because that more upbeat, upbeat era of house has been kind of her wheelhouse too. Um, like, and I know that Azalea Banks has kind of made fun of the, herself when something like these are terrible, not even the fact of surprisingly enough, not beefing with Beyonce, but like, Hey, maybe get into the same key at least. Um, so I'm not really mad at execution. Like I said, in this case, it's it's kind of similar to the Drake. It's not the best thing out there, but I applaud the fact of where you've got this little fun, you know, I'll say empowerment house anthem, which used to be a dime a dozen back in the days, and not really that much anymore. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's something a little different from her. I, I, from what I understand, going back to the idea of album rollouts, um, I know that you know you had the deluxe package you could buy on sale that came out when the song came out. I do know the rumors are it's not all going to be club. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I have heard rumors that there are some country tracks on there, which mm. is like, and I'm not going to say that because she has done, she had, was it Daddy Lessons, I think, was that country song she had yeah. a couple years ago? Yeah. She's not bad at country. I'm just not really necessarily hate, but it's kind of interesting just because. You know, country's in a weird place itself where even your country stars aren't really doing country anymore. Like your Taylor Swift is a pure pop star. The country itself is kind of just kind of borrowing as much as it can from re- regular mainstream pop music and hip hop. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, we'll see how it turns out this time. I was kind of secretly hoping for more a Beyonce house record. We'll see if that ends up being the case. But I, I think it's a perfectly, perfectly serviceable fucking single. I think she's somebody where the opposite of Drake. Where for Drake, her issue is the fact of, you know, he's kind of done all this hip hop stuff. So let me pivot to fucking house music. You've got Beyonce where a lot of her tracks may not necessarily be house, but going back to your friend, you know, definitely a Beyonce album gets played at Pride. You know what I'm saying? She definitely knows how to do upbeat club bangers. So I think for her to kind of, and this is going to sound weird to say it like this, it's almost like a, a slower version of what she does also. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's little. It's it's not the same like fucking uh, you know, girls run the world. You know what I'm saying? The tempo yeah. is a little bit slower. Era, yeah. The best amp up parts rely on big free to sample. It's you know, it's very almost mid tempo too in a weird way. It's like a it's like a little bit less. It's not as aggro as a lot of our other club songs. So this too for us were pivot. Is it striking? Capital S? No. But Beyonce's fun. It's a fun record. I can't be mad at it. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And, and I think, you know, it, it's definitely good to see the queen back. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, as much as we love indie music and as much as I love indie music, I do like this kind of like, you know, it's more, basically Beyonce, like it's like Marvel, right? I do like this kind of like tentpole, 
like you know i'm excited now yes july 26 i'm like midnight i'm gonna be ready good metaphor know. yep um like i i do feel like i you know i do like that aspect of music as well and you know we haven't really had that you know i i think you know like you know we've had like kanye we've had drake drop stuff but like it, it's always been a little sus anyway like i think we haven't had a a, a situation where the bar is very high right it's going to be beyonce or rihanna you know basically who are going to like you know kind of bring that that like you know and that's the thing too is like beyonce is like universal as well you know like like if you're a kanye fan <laughs> you're probably like a, a minority right but but you're but you're right like beyonce get gets played at, at pride she's gonna get played at the cookout she's gonna get played at you know <laughs> Pro- it's written in stone. <laughs> you know, they're they're probably you know like they're playing their next insurrection, and Beyonce is going to come on in the background, and like they're going to be like, oh, it's Beyonce, you know. <laughs> so, um, it's 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 really cool to kind of have this like like Beyonce back in the fold, um, and I'm, I'm really excited for for that um, for sure, and yeah, like like house music is just like really interesting right now, um, and I do like hope that there's a a larger embrace because like i said i'm seeing it like going to these like kind of parties and i'm just like i'm seeing like more and more people coming to the fold i'm seeing like younger people and there's people you know like a channel trades or you know like i i'll throw kate trinine in here like there are people who've been doing this on the underground for a long time and maybe it's like a rising tide as well so um you know we'll, we'll see we'll see a, um, a quick aside because uh, i know she had a big um show yesterday a big show I know that yesterday was the BET Awards. Stone, we, we kind of oh, dropped shit. the ball there. You know, Damn. we missed that. Damn. But as, as an aside, uh, so Dochi, I know, was one of the big ones. Um, female rapper. I hate saying female rapper, but I feel like you have to. I have to see, uh, stop that. Mm. But anyway, TDE signee. And the reason why I bring it up was because I remember she dropped a single in March. And I remember it was very clubby in itself, where you almost hear the bass line. You didn't have that 404 thump. But it's there. Like, it's something that could definitely fit in the club track. So I feel like it's also been, for even the younger acts, around the circle. You've got something like Leaky Lee 47. Like, it's it's about to hit big mass. And I think it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, And it's going to be interesting, too, because I feel like it's also, I mean, I don't know if people are going to the club. Like, like everybody knows, like going to brunches and day parties. (laughs) 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 But it still hits the brunch and the day party, you know? So... Um, yeah, not like, like like not mad, not mad yeah. at all. Yep, yeah, not at all. All right, so our next topic will be new music, Um, so as far as that concerns, I think I'll go first. Uh, for me, it's Elucid. I told Bessie so. Elucid, one half of Arm and Hammer, avant-garde rap group, underground hip hop, keeping it real, real. Mm-hmm. Um. For the most part, um, Elucid and his brother at arms, Billy Woods, have kind of made a brand of being almost, I won't say, I'll just say, because I would say apocalyptic hip hop, but I don't think that's really fair because what they're basically speaking about too is now. So it's very dense, very late capital, very late stage capitalism journalism. So even though what's happening is very, I won't say per- experimental because I hate that term. Let's say avant-garde. How about that? That sounds French. That sounds sexy. Even though they would do something a little bit more on the avant-garde hip-hop side, there's something very grounded about where they are because they're two dudes talking about, you know, from Brooklyn. I'm 
talking about shit that's happening in Brooklyn right now, today. Um, Billy Woods dropped an album earlier this year with Preservation. Um, that record focused on a lot of these dusty samples found overseas. That's kind of Preservation's wheelhouse of where it's like, you know, as opposed to paying the, the dudes in the United States, you know, throwing that bag at Paul McCarty, maybe I'll go find some obscure Vietnamese funk record and sample that. So as a result of what Billy Woods is doing over there, it's a very cohesive kind of record that kind of came out. On the inverse, you can kind of hear for Lucid's record, it's very much like a sample here. Here's an alchemist beat. Here's this, here's that. So it's not necessarily as cohesive, but that doesn't mean it's not a negative towards it. It's kind of fascinating because this one has a wider view. So I told Bessie was basically his grandmother, who I, I'm assuming he dedicates the record to because he brings up a lot in interviews about the record, basically like how she was around when he was grinding, he was staying in the house, and, you know, he kind of needed it after her because, you know, I guess the spirit of her kind of, like, is over this record. And I don't know, I, I, it's, it's a very solid record. And what I like about it is the idea of where... You know, it's very easy to kind of grab some weird, glitchy industrial beat and put it together and kind of say, hey, this is some weird avant-garde hip-hop shit. And like, I even hate that term because there's, there's, there's a delineation there of as if what's happening in the underground is better or different than what's happening in the above ground. Because yeah. to be honest with you, it's all fucking weird. Like when young fuck is out there yapping like a dog got hit by a fucking like a truck, that's some <laughs> weird shit. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. same thing over there. So the only thing is like I think what's kind of... For me, as a music listener, it's like, hey, where where are they dragging these beats, these samples, these flows from? Like, how they're changing around, how they're making naughty. And that, that's something you see in fucking mainstream hip-hop, and that's what you see here in, in underground hip-hop. Perhaps different strains, but it's still the same shit. And both sides are kind of a little bit more together than I think we kind of admit in the past when it was very much the heads versus the backpackers type shit. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, great uh record. Love it a lot. My favorite record, my favorite sing song on this is a song called Betamax, which I think kind of sums up exactly what's happening because it's a very, it's something where it would have been a Dilla sample, right? So it's very, a very mm -hmm. pretty loop, very pretty chop, but it's always kind of offbeat and always different parts of the songs. So what you end up with is this almost beautiful collage of this sample, of this break, but it's so like, morphing while he's rapping on top of it and he's got this deep gruff very authoritative voice that's coming at you at like very subtly slow speed it's almost like i don't know it's, i guess I, I gotta it's too late for all these metaphors it's like an suv elusive raps <laughs> like a porsche suv going 60 miles per hour over these muddy beats in deep alaska <laughs> is this, how does that work for the copyright can i can i get my check i don't know that's not pretty corny <laughs> But it's the idea of where he's doing this very much naughty rhyme pattern over these really cool beats, words that kind of make you think because as opposed to Billy Woods who tends to tell you a story, it's, Billy Woods is very narrative-based, whereas opposed to Lucid is very much a painter-based, where it's very scenes. So it's not like, hey, dude walked out of the walked out of the bar and got shot, where you might hear in Billy Woods, obviously said much more eloquently. <laughs> but it's something where it's just like, you know, the blood on the floor splatters. You know, it, there's a little bit more thought behind those lyrics. And I say thought like as if they're better, but he's more of a painter, where Billy Woods is more of a storyteller. Two different things, same goal, hence why they're in the group together. So it's something I've been listening to a lot just because obviously the world's a little weird out there. So it's something where I've been kind of finding comfort in. It's kind of interesting because, you know, for something that's that dense, that has moments of darkness, that has moments of lights too, because he talks about relationships there, you know, sexual encounters, things like that. 
it's just a kind of a well-bodied amount of work. So I think Elucid, I told Bessie, definitely Billy Wood's going to be up there for, I think, I kind of edge towards the woods, but they're really good companion pieces to each other. So that's it. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have any new music. I, I, you know, I might talk about this I Am Dochi video that just dropped um, called Crazy. Um, just to flip the strip, because I'm, I'm still processing it. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen it, but... Um, Second Dochi shout-out, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dochi's it, the world. Yeah. I I thought it was my favorite video, and then, like, uh, my homeboy was just like, oh, it's just a rip-off of This Is America. But, like, I wouldn't minimalize it like that. It's probably one of the most interesting videos I've seen in a long time. Um, basically, it's, like... I am Dochi, like, in, with, like, you know, first off, it, it like, starts with a murder. <laughs> and then there's, like, there's all of these, like, women who are naked but not dancing. And, like, essentially, it's just, like, this really interesting art amalgamation around, like, power and sex and, you know, what are your expectations? Because the first time I listened to it was they, you know, I'm like, oh, it's naked women. And I'm like... You know, I'm a cisgender male, <laughs> you know, but then the second time I listened, you know, I, I, I looked at it, watched the video, you know, I was looking at that. And then the second time I was like, oh, I'm supposed to like, this is the thing that will grab you because you like, you know, damn you patriarchal society. But all of these things are happening in the background. There's pregnant women crying. There's like, you know, all this chaos happening. Um, there's just like just like weird shit in the background, and it's almost like the, there's this whole like um, I remember it was like um, I was at some conference and they had like a video and you had like this guy juggling and some people doing something and then it, like the video stops and says, "Did you know this is a gorilla, like walking in the background, right?" And you know nobody did because everybody's like watching the guy juggling or whatever, and that's kind of how I felt about this video where it's just, like you have these nude women and you're just kind of like okay, new women, but you're not realizing what's happening in the background. And it's like a really interesting play on sexism, on the male gaze, on black women power, um, a lot of different things are going on. And I'm just like, this is, this is really dope. Um, I will say it probably feels like this is America in a lot of ways. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a, but I, I don't know how people could get mad. It's, I'll take multiple This Is Americas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, it's a good companion piece, I think. And it's almost like, you know, back in the day when there's like the male, like, you know, had the male version, you had the female response. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I feel, you know? Um, 1980s gender raps. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, but no, I, I thought it was really interesting. It's a really powerful video. Um, you know, I, I feel like I haven't watched a video in a long time that made me think and made me press play again and made me challenge, like, my thinking. Um, so, yeah, definitely check it out. And, and, and Dochi is, like, on the rise. Um, I think we talked about her on this podcast, like, I don't know. I don't know what time it is, but I feel like I talked about Dochi like a year ago or two years ago. Um, definitely one of the more creative um, female artists out there, and I'm glad to see that she's getting her shine. I don't know if the TDE look is a good look, because to be honest, like they doing my girl scissor dir dirty. <laughs> Why does SZA have like one of the top singles this year? Has no album. Don't know. 
Um, but you know, look, you gotta get in where you fit in. Um, and I, I'm glad that like TDE cut this check for this video, and Dochi is like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna run with it. Yeah, no, man. I, I, I was about to say, Mitch Label is the only way you could get a real cool artistic video out there because every everything else is just we're out here in front of the bodega four in the morning. Somebody's got a Canon camera, and we're just we're just winging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely like had the red cameras out there. They definitely were not filming. <laughs> you know, they they the that that one he put was put to good use for sure. <laughs> you mean it wasn't that the art school boy carrying the iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> that that Kendrick Lamar money has <laughs> been put to good use. I, I just feel like they probably blew their budget for all of the other artists on this video. <laughs> Schoolboy Q got to film it at the golf course. <laughs> oh man! But uh, but that's about it. In these times, we want to tell y'all this part of negativity, which we have because we're in New York now. That's that's in our blood. Black clothes, haterism. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, guys, we have each other. We have love. We got music. We're going to get through this shit. You know what I'm saying? To quote a modern wise man, we going to be all right. Mm. Who said that? Kendrick Lamar. Mm. And I know myself as a white liberal did not listen to rap music, but now I understand what's happening. The voice of the ghetto. I finally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I have to call my NPR voice. I could, I could, I could pull it off. My little the voice of the ghetto. No. <laughs> Shout out to Terry Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a, that's a thing. They, they they go to school for that voice. <laughs> I'm trying to try. I try to get that PBS money, baby. I'm trying to be out here doing getting that news hour voiceover, baby. Gotta, gotta get that shiny new Volvo. <laughs> Rock. <laughs> that the evil line. Le leather seats in Ooh. the Volvo. <sighs> but as usual, we love y'all. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith. Donate. You know what I'm saying? You know who to donate to. I'm not going to say exactly who. But you know what I'm saying? Keep in mind that the activists on the ground doing the real work deserve the money, not yes. necessarily the big flashy activists with the fucking hitting you up in the algorithm for fucking begging money on your fucking social media feeds. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, just take care of each other. Understand when we get through this shit because, you know, evil dies early. Let's hope so. Yes. We love you all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>